1: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We have a really exciting interview ahead of us. The guest I'm bringing on, Camille Finan. She's the host of Kitchen Sink Podcast, and she is a kitchen designer and cabinet maker with over 30 years of experience helping more than 10,000 women create the kitchen of their dreams. Super excited for today. Welcome on the show, Camille. How are you doing? I'm great. A little chilly here, but I'm happy to be here talking to you amazing well I'm it's such a pleasure to have you so super pumped for today you know um before we really jump in into any questions and regarding to the podcast and stuff like that why don't we just take it a little bit further back and and
2: if you don't mind telling us a little bit of your journey and how you got to where you are today so um it's a pretty I'm gonna be 55 so it's a long it's a long story but um the, no the short of it, it the short of it is that I grew up um the foothills of California. My dad was a contractor. So I grew up, you know, on a job site as a little girl running around in a little sundress, um, and fell in love with construction. And obviously my dad was there. So I was, I was daddy's little girl. Um, he left our family, unfortunately, and, uh, my parents got divorced. And so it was very, very traumatic when it happened. And, um, so it kind of started a, a, a thing with me when, when he left where, I wanted to be super independent, wanted to take care of myself, wanted to make money. And so it really became like a catalyst at a very young age to be an entrepreneur, to be honest, and um, didn't do well in high school uh, because obviously it happened, that all happened. And so um, I really struggled at the beginning to do well in school, uh, but I knew I wanted to make money be an entrepreneur. So that has carried through. That through line has always been there since since I was probably 11 years old. Um, I eventually ended up becoming a business consultant and did marketing and taught marketing classes and was very, very good at it, but just completely burned out. Just like literally nosedived uh, with just working too much, Um, had some mental health issues and basically just couldn't operate anymore. And so I had to choose a new career. And carpentry was this thing that was always there in the background. I was always remodeling my boyfriend's houses, my houses, like Any little thing I owned, I was always fixing it up and um, it it really saved my life. And so carpentry, one day I just walked on a job site. I needed to do a whole different career and I was tired of, you know, whining to myself and my family. And my sister was like, oh, for the love of God, just go be a carpenter, just be a professional carpenter. And um, so I eventually got accepted on a job site and became a, a union carpenter and you learned about kitchens inside of the union. And then uh, because I had that business background, right, I knew how to make money. I recognized that there was a real opportunity um, right away. And so I was like, oh, I can do this better than than, than how it's being done. So I started my own kitchen remodeling business. And that's what I've done for 30 years. And I um, basically then applied everything I knew about business to my own company, my own sole company. And I focused on women. So that was the real difference was most people in the kitchen or modeling business focus on the man the husband with their marketing efforts right and I did the opposite I focused completely on the wife of the house so that's the short the short story to a very long the short answer to a very long story
1: this is amazing I love that you you completely went against the norm and went to work with women and you know Just having that power and and making the women feel powerful by doing this is huge and super exciting. I mean, you've done it for a long time and you're doing something you're passionate about, passionate about, which is so important, right? Um, Incredible. So tell me a little bit about your product and services and how you deliver
2: them today. So um, about 10, nine, eight years ago, I knew that I was going to be retiring when I was 50. I wanted to retire when I was 50. I had been doing a lot of kitchens for a really long time. It's a very physical job, which I loved, um, but it's very fast paced. There's no vacations almost. You never leave town. There's a lot of employees, a lot of moving parts with the kitchen. And we were doing about 30 kitchens a month at our top peak. So we were doing a lot of work. And, wow. um, I knew I, I'd done that page for a long time. Right. And I was good at it and I loved it. I loved all my clients, but I knew I wanted to retire at 50 and do something different or a, a different version of what I was doing. And this is before Facebook and Instagram and all the things that are going on now, it seemed before really podcasting was the thing. And, um, I was just ready for something new creatively, you know? And, um, so I was like, I've got to do something different with this business. And so I came up with this idea to integrate podcasting to make a bigger impact in the industry. That's kind of what the spark was. And so I went through this long process of figuring out how can I take what I'm doing in real life, building kitchens, physically spraying them, installing them. How can I take what I know and repackage it online? So you know, before I, were, before what I'm doing now, I would build kitchens. We would build kitchens, 14 of the women in my shop. We would all build kitchens and install kitchens. Now what I do is uh, over this last eight years, I figured out how to do virtual kitchen design online. So now we design kitchens all over the country and Canada, and we manufacture cabinets here and we ship them to you all over the cap, all over the country. And we teach women how to, we, we make custom RTA cabinets, meaning ready to assemble, but they're made for you, your kitchen. And then we teach you how to assemble them and how to install them. So again, that's a short short answer to a a big process, which is I have figured out a way to sell cabinets across the country and repackage myself so that I'm not physically doing the work anymore. Does that
1: that answer the question? (laughs) Yeah, that is amazing. I mean, doing it the way you're doing it before, I mean, That's got to be hard, hard work. And now that you're able to do it virtually and just send it, send it out and and then teach them how to do it themselves. Would that ever save some time for you? Right. Oh my gosh. And on top of that, you must have, tell me a little bit about like, do you find
2: that you have way more um, business by doing it virtually or yes, yes. So now I could, you know, if I wanted to, I could do 200 kitchens a month if I wanted to. So scaling wise, you know, there's still a limit to what I could do physically here. So now my time is spent on marketing, the online business, um, training kitchen coaches. So now I have the other thing I've added is I've trained other women how to be kitchen coaches, Um, doing virtual design. So me and my other designers do virtual design so I can do you know, I could probably do hundred designs a month instead of just 20 or something like that. Right, right. Because it's just faster. There's more technology now that lets us do it. Um, and there's, it's kind of like, it's weird. It's like, you would think it would take longer to, I mean, I actually wasn't sure if this was going to work when I came up with this idea. I was like, I did a beta, you know, it's an online thing. So it's just like, you do a beta, right? I was like, there's, I just don't even know if I can pull this off, to be honest. I know I'm good, but I'm not really sure if I can actually make this work. So I had misgivings and I was like, I bet this is going to take so much longer than it does in real life and here physically. It was so much faster. I couldn't believe it. Like we can do an entire kitchen in like under three days. And so we're basically waiting for the customer to catch up to us. And so it's just like, there's like this space time continuum that's been cut like to 10%. I'm not quite sure how, but it's just faster because you have zoom you, you don't have to ship, like, I don't know, it's just faster digitally. So it's really interesting. It's really sped the process up a lot more and I can reach a lot more people, which was part of the thing I wanted to do was make a bigger impact. Um, I saw the impact I made with my people locally, the women and how empowering it was and transformational. So I wanted to do that with a lot more women across the country. So yes, it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely works better, I think. And I can reach people I never before. Right.
1: Yes. And I I see that your, you know, your, your podcast is like quite, quite a bit of a lead magnet for you. I'm sure. I mean, do you mind touching on that and how it ties into the business? Um, I mean, you have some about eight years podcasting, so let's just dive into that. Tell us about that.
2: Well, so outside of kitchens, I would say podcasting is probably the thing I love the most. To be honest, Uh, I started it because I'm a complete introvert. I hate being on camera. I knew that if I was going to enter the online world, like I just I hate pictures of myself. Like I had to come up with a way to let to create an intimate thing between a customer, like what would happen in real life. So I wanted to try, and I love radio stories and all that stuff. So. I just felt in love with podcasting. I was horrible at it in the beginning. I was tentative. I was quiet. I was shy. Like I listened back to my first recordings, but once I got over the embarrassment and I was just like, I don't give a, I don't know if you can swear on here, but I don't give yeah, a fudge. Go what, ahead. What, yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what people are listening to anymore. I stopped caring if my clients were listening locally, my family, my friends, I just gave up on worrying about that. And I just like dove into it and it just created this intimate bond so fast and I noticed that like what would take me maybe a month or two in real life to create intimacy wise, like lots of meetings and back and forth I could do in, in two episodes. Right. So, nice. the so the kitchen sink podcast has be, has gone through many iterations, right? It's, it's like seven years old. It wasn't my very first one, but I relaunched it again last year. It had been there for probably five years at the same format. I changed the format, just started completely over because I could, I love that you can just change your mind and do whatever you want online. So I, it's a, an incredible lead magnet for me. I hear often where a woman's like sees a Facebook ad, a little inexpensive Facebook ad of me on a video talking about an episode. They click on the ad, they go and listen to the episode. They binge listen 15 episodes. They sign up for my challenge within, you know, a day. They go through the free challenge. They buy my program. They're within like a 24 hour period, they've bought a $500 program. And then within say two days or three days, they might be, we might be designing their cabinets for $25,000. Wow. And that's like in three days, like that would have taken me a month and a half of meetings to do in real life, to get to $25,000 in cabinets. And I physically am not doing anything, like driving anywhere or, right? It's all happening automated. So I just love that. And I love that I'm meeting women that I, you know, I kind of fall in love with all my clients. I love, they're great amazing women. And, you know, I have like a woman that's in Georgia that, you know, was never going to get a kitchen. Her husband didn't want to do it and had been fighting her for 15 years. And then she listened to my podcast and then she had her husband listen. And he kind of was like, oh, well, maybe this person can actually solve some of these problems. And then they signed up for the program and then we designed their kitchen and then they put their kitchen in like three months ago, like the fact that that came through a podcast and that she got her kitchen it would have never happened so i yeah you can tell i love podcasting i just love the intimacy of it the creativity of it um so yeah my podcast is my number one way of getting leads that and just facebook ads which lead to wow. the podcast yeah so i run it's, facebook and instagram ads to the podcast is what i do so it's completely okay. Um, I don't do any warm traffic whatsoever
1: wow this is incredible who would have ever thought by podcasting you'd be building kitchens <laughs>
2: like it's yeah. just crazy I love it it. Is, it is crazy like I honestly was not sure if I could pull it off myself and it's just it's been now four and a half years of doing it this exact model virtually and it started small you smaller would just can I even design one kitchen like is Can I even do that without physically being there? You know, can I trust their measurements? Can we work together? Are they going to trust me? Um, Are they going to trust another kitchen coach? Like there was a lot of little iterations to make that work. Uh, But the podcasting has been at the center of it the whole time, telling stories, reducing their fear, um, you know, facing the objections they have that are in their mind, right? So I just took what I knew about my clients already in real life and I just created episodes speaking to that, you know, and, um, it's, it's a very simple marketing strategy, but it works really well if you know your clients really well. Right. And then, so I knew my right. clients really well. Right. Uh, you're crystal clear on who your clients are. So that's
1: important. Um, incredible, you know, within those eight years of podcasting, I obviously try different uh strategies i'm sure and what are some of the do you mind just touching on some of the pain points i mean and how did you overcome them
2: just for our listeners I mean, like maybe it what can be some a little the,
1: bit
2: yeah what some of the pain points are that the clients have right now or, or... Uh, like any pain points with the podcasting over the oh. years that
1: you've overcome Hmm.
2: i was not very bold in the beginning i was nervous cuz i'm an introvert so i I actually, how I overcame it is my husband's a complete extrovert. Like he's the guy that would go to a party every night. Like he'll go out every day. And I'm like, let's read a book and watch a movie. Right. So (laughs) he's always always pulling me out of my shell. And so what I did was when I first started was, um, well, one, I do audio only, I don't do any video. And, um, I just imagine. so I did two tricks for myself is one. I imagined I was my husband, (laughs) So I thought, what would my husband do? Larry, like, how would he talk to people? So I just like kind of stole his very extroverted personality. So I kind of created like an alter ego for myself. So when I'm on the podcast, I'm like an alter ego of myself, a bolder, more carefree version that doesn't worry about what people think. And then the second thing I did was never think about how I felt and only imagine the woman I'm trying to speak to. So I just spoke to one person. I imagined Yolanda in Georgia, Sonia in New Jersey. So anytime I felt nervous and sometimes I still bring up, I I bring up kind of controversial stuff. I'm kind of anti the industry. So a lot of times I'll say stuff that I'm nervous about saying, and I just imagine talking to Sonia, would I say this to Sonia on the phone? Do I believe it? And I, and I say it. So that's how I think I've been able to connect is that I say things that other designers don't say. I say things that other contractors don't say. I don't just say the safe thing, you know. Right. Um, and I think that people feel that authenticity for me, these women, because if I was in with them in real life, I would say that to them if I believed right. it. So right. I just kind of jump for it. <laughs> so far, it's it. worked. I haven't had anything really bad happen. So um, I
1: mean, I think being yourself and being authentic, it's gonna attract the right people, right? So and, I'm, and also when you mentioned being nervous and stuff like that I remember my first week of podcasting oh I could still cringe thinking of it <laughs> yeah. I think we all go through that you know it's we we're so critical to ourselves sometimes right and um but yeah we all seem to get over it most of the time which is amazing so
2: yeah
1: now on, on the application, I know you mentioned in a topic, which is really cool, and I think this would be a great topic, uh, but how to successfully sell visual high-ticket service via podcasting? I know we touched on it already, but is there anything you want to add to it? Um, I mean, how do you make it successful? What are the pain points when doing it? That kind of thing.
2: Um. So I think for my customers specifically, They already have a problem. They know they're very problem aware. So I think this is something that if you're new to marketing or you're new to online marketing and you're trying to use podcasting to sell something, it's really important to know where your customer is on that journey. And I literally like the simplest way I used to teach my students in marketing was like get a piece of paper and draw like four circles or five circles like an arch and start here. And where is your customer when they first meet you and where are you trying to get them to? So I was really clear of the the women that are coming to the podcast are cold traffic, but they have a problem. They know they want a kitchen for a long time when they come across me. Weeks, months, years is the typical person that I'm looking for. I'm not really looking for the woman that just was like, I think I want a kitchen. And it's like day one. No, because she's probably going to have two years of thinking about it, procrastinating. I want the woman who's already gone through all of that and she's like ready to go. Right. So, um, for me, that's important, I think, because knowing where they are in the journey. So when you're talking to them through their ears, speak to that stage. And then, um, so knowing that, and then knowing where I want to get them to some of those percentages, women are going to join the program. Percentage of those people are going to buy actual cabinets from me, which is the high ticket version. So knowing how I'm going to guide them there in the simplest of steps, I think a lot of times with online marketing, we make things too convoluted. If someone's really interested in what you have, and you're, let me back up. If you're really solving a problem for somebody, they will find a way. So what I try to do with the episodes is give them guide posts that are simple enough that they can listen in just a few episodes and have a sense of how I can help them, how I'm solving their problem, and And aggravating the problem a little bit, like making it real for them, and then I can really solve it. So the challenges to selling high ticket are that people can make it too complicated. So when I was first trying to do this, I had too many steps. I would send them to too many things. I would try to get them to take a quiz. I would try to get them to take a low ticket item. I would try to get them to buy something small. I would have too many opt-ins. And it was just, it was just sending them around in circles, basically, right? So now I have it, it's much simpler. Um, I only usually have one offer and that is to get into the program and then they buy cabinets. So I don't, I think that answers the question is like, for me, the obstacle to the high ticket was too many things happening at once on the podcast. So I keep it very simple. My commercial, you know, my outro, is very simple. And if I want to do something special or I want to highlight the high ticket, I might do two or three episodes in a row, breaking down the high ticket. I don't mix it with other stuff. If if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. you're making complex, simple, complex stuff, simple.
2: And I'm, and I really speaking to the fact that they have a, they have this problem and I can solve it for them quickly. Right. So, um, I also do have a webinar. So the webinar works really well too to help with that warming up process. So that's probably the second objection is that for me, because it's cold traffic, I'm not relying on any social media. I don't really do any social media to speak of. Um, so I know that it's cold traffic, so I have to work. I have, there's a big lift there to get them from never hearing my name to feeling that I'm qualified, uh, you know, speaking to the fact that this is weird, you're hiring a cabinet maker from in California and we're in New Jersey and like, what? Right. Like there's just a lot of like weirdness to that. Like, I'm not sure if that's real. Right. So, um, speaking to that and not ignoring it. So I speak to that. I have episodes that talk about, yeah, this is kind of weird, right? This is unusual, but it works. Right. And I have testimonials and stuff. So knowing that and, and warming them up quickly by speaking to their fears is part of the selling on the high ticket and then getting them to the webinar takes care of a lot of that other stuff because they can visually then see stuff. Um, and I think the two of those things do a good job of getting them very close to the high ticket. Yeah. Right. It's building that belief, right. You know, especially
1: with high ticket, you know, they have to have that belief there. And if you're able to solve those problems and you can show them how and build that belief, then you're good to go. So that's amazing that you're, you, I mean, you're doing that, that, you know what you have to do to get to that point. So another, another
2: actually third part I'll add on that I've kind of always forget about that I do Um yeah. is I work hard on getting them to believe that they can do it. So like you said, they have to have that belief in the beginning yeah. when I was doing episodes, I wasn't talking as much to the fact that they're worried that they can do it. I was more worried. Do they think I can do it? right so i was kind of trying to prove myself but then i yeah. realized oh, a lot of them weren't signing up because they didn't think they could do it like they right so now i have stuff around their beliefs um, i speak to that a lot that can they put this together themselves really does that really work like do they have the skills can i show them the skills are they going to be able to actually talk their husband into it like really um, you know, will I really talk to their husband and, and, and help them? And so I, I have episodes now about that.
1: Yeah. I think that's so important to have too. Right. And it's amazing that you're doing that already. Um, yeah. really understanding the customers or the potential that part. Yeah. And really put it on yourself when it's nothing to do with you and it's, you know, their own limiting beliefs about themselves. So I think it's really cool that you, you know, you really have seen that and really dove into that as well. Um, Now, do you do just solo episodes or do you also do interviews?
2: In the new format, um, I do just solo. I will be doing some, I will incorporate some interviews. Um, In the old podcast, I did a lot of interviews and yeah. um, so this one, I wanted to do just a simpler format, a different format, uh, but I will, so I incorporate, so kind of one of my things in my brands is that I love cats cooking in cocktails. And so, um, so I have fat. I, I have also cats. I'm unabashed <laughs> cat mom and I love I love cocktails and I love cooking. I cook almost every night. So that's like a big thing of my brand is that I'm not just a cabinet maker. I really cook. I know what it's like. To be in a frustrating kitchen or a good kitchen, so I incorporate cooking on the show. So I cook recipes. Um, I have a cookbook. Um, I talk about recipes a lot on the show. So it's it's kind of a hybrid of cabinetry, kitchen design, functionality, and just my own personal interests of cooking. So I will have. This is great. I have, I have a friend coming on. She teaches Greek cooking, so she's going to come on and talk about some Greek cooking and. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. It oh, is. It I love, it. I love It's so crazy with
1: podcasting, all the different ways you can go about it. Right. So I love it. Now, Camille, one of my last question is what's your biggest focus within the business and within the podcast for the next year?
2: Anything in particular? And the next big focus on the podcast. Um, I would say, well, outside of incorporating more cooking shows, um, I'm going to start doing more partnerships. So I, we were just so busy this year that I really didn't have a chance to do that, but I'm planning to do that and do more joint partnerships beyond, um, you know, other people's shows specifically do some sort of cross webinar marketing. And I'm excited about that because we, we will pretty much focus on uh, food bloggers and chefs. So, which is again, kind of unusual, right? Most people would be marketing on kitchen shows and kitchen design shows, right? And I'm going to be focusing with chefs and, and, and they're helping their audiences get better kitchens. So I have that um, coming up. That is great. That's, yeah, that's what I
1: was thinking. I'm like,
2: oh, that be such a good idea. And then you said it. I'm like, ah, this is great. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited about that. That starts in January. Um, I used to do a lot of cooking on camera, which sounds funny, given that I hate being on camera. That's like the only time I actually feel comfortable. So I'm going to go back to doing some of those Facebook lives where I'm going to do, cook some of my recipes on camera. And, and I have a lot of women, you know, I have a lot of alumni now. And so they still follow me. We still are friends, like even after we've done their kitchen, right? So it's kind of for those women too. And then um, the other element is I'm going to incorporate live call ins to the show. So, this, that's probably the thing I'm the, well, I'm excited about both of those other two things too, but I'm going to incorporate uh, be, basically being able to have people call into the show. So, twice a month, we'll have live calls and um, they can call in and ask about their kitchen or a recipe. Oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah excited I'm excited for you. Really I can't wait.
1: <laughs> this, yeah. this is so exciting oh my gosh oh well thank you so much for taking the time of your day to come on here Camille and talk about your kitchen podcasting cooking and cabinets and what you do I think is absolutely amazing that you took that leap of faith and how successful it's been like I yes. love it super excited yes. for you and I mean it's been amazing throughout your whole journey till now so only better things will keep coming so it's really exciting <laughs> for the show. This was fun talking about it. Absolutely. Now, if anyone's looking to connect with you and your services, what you have to offer, what would be some of the best ways to go ahead and connect with you?
2: Uh, they can go to our website, which is kitchen rockstar.com. So kitchenremodelrockstar.com They can always DM me. So I don't do a lot of social posts, but I do. I mean, I am on Instagram. It's dream underscore kitchen underscore coach. So dream kitchen coach underscores in between and they can dm me and and um we do our free ugly kitchen challenges every you know usually a couple a year so they can kind of follow along we'll announce it on that and then go to the show the kitchen sink podcast and it's the one with the yellow lemon is the logo oh, there's a lot of perfect. Kitchen Sink Podcasts, believe it or not mine's the only one actually about kitchen design but it's the one with the little yellow lemon the yellow lemon amazing yeah. okay this is great Well, thanks again, Camille. Such a pleasure
1: to have you. I had such a fun interview with you. I'm so excited to see where it goes next. And I think you're doing amazing. So thank you for sharing all this valuable uh, insight with my listeners and myself. Great. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like our amazing Camille did today, please go to top100interview.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, guys. Catch you on the next episode.
0: Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free